All right, much to get to here with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from Five Eyewitness News KSTP. Uh, let's uh, let's dive in the Scoop Podcast, which you can find long form interviews, great stuff, inside information in longer form than the one segment a week he's on with us. You can find that anywhere you would generally find podcasts. KSTP.com, fifteen hundred ESPN.com. Hello, Doogie. Good morning, gentlemen. I just got done from being in the podcast studio recording a conversation with new Xavier basketball lead assistant, former Gophers basketball assistant, Ben Johnson. Did he light the Gophers up or did no, he, was he diplomatic? No, 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 he's very complimentary. Big but loss, I mean, you said, though, right? I think it's a big loss. Yeah, I do. I yeah. really do. I think it's a big loss with, with all his recruiting mm-hmm. inroads, especially here in the Metro. I mean, I'm convinced they don't get a mere coffee, for example, to go specific. They don't get a mere coffee without the presence of Ben Johnson. Now, yeah. when you look at the three local guys they're bringing in for next season, Daniel Oturu would be the face of the recruiting class, Creighton Darham Hall, big man. I think he had an interest in staying home regardless of who the head coach is, but certainly Ben Johnson has a good relationship with Oturu, with Gabe Kausher, De La Salle High School. You think about Ben being a former player at De La Salle High School, Jarvis Amursa from Orono High School. So I'm not saying that Patino couldn't get those guys on his own, but Ben had a lot to do with those three guys signing with the Gophers, yeah. then certainly Amir Coffey choosing the Gophers. So let's uh, let's start here. We'll go Wolves. We, let, it's, there's a good chance that Wolves and Wild are going to be done playing by the time we uh, get to the end of next week here. So let's start with the Wolves. I mean, Judd and I and, and Chip just did a full hour basically on the the Rockets are such a perfectly modern, optimal, strategic team with great puzzle pieces, and the Wolves are just they're just stepping on each other's toes, and it's just it's kind of a clunky. If they get swept the way that it looks like they're going to get swept, will there be fallout? What will what will the main changes be? What do you anticipate? Because they can't just go back to the same exact thing that they brought into the season, right? So, will there be fallout in your mind? I agree that they can't just go back to status quo. I mean, even if they win a game, I mean, I think it's possible maybe they win this weekend. Maybe the series ends next Wednesday, not next Monday. But yeah, I mean, the end is very, very near. Maybe they win a game, yeah. but otherwise they get swept. Last night was an embarrassment, especially that second half. I mean, yeah, and, that was and that was, was a train wreck. Towns was, it just was. Towns was an embarrassment, too. I mean, let's be I love Towns. I'm buying Towns stock long term. Towns deserves to be ripped for these first two games. Sure. But you know what? I'll still take this playoff experience because of that. Yep. Now he knows, right? I mean, Charles Barkley was hard on him saying Carl Anthony Towns needs to spend a ton of time in the gym this summer. So I'll take being swept over having the, I guess, what, the 14th pick. Absolutely. In a good draft, by the way, a great draft. The Wolves did win a coin flipper. They did something to to break the tie the other day. So they actually have the 20th pick in the draft. They could have gone as low as 23. So they have picked 20 from the Rubio trade. So I didn't need, personally, the 14th pick and the 20th pick. Give me the playoff experience, then the 20th pick. So I'm okay with that. As far as potential fallout, I'll tell you this much. Somebody with, how do I term this? Somebody with... Careful, Bleacher Report is always listening. I know, I know. Derek James, please don't tweet this. Just say it. Come on. (laughs) Somebody with a strong vested interest sought me out. This wasn't me seeking them out. Reached out to me to say, hey... Have you heard of any potential of one Scott Layden being in trouble? Then also the potential of Tom Thibodeau being stripped of the president of operations title. Hmm. That could there be some sort of fallout? Yes, you jumped from 31 to 47 wins. But hey, being the eighth best team out of 15 I'm tweeting that it's right not now. that big of an accomplishment. At Bleacher Report. By no means am I reporting this, 
the point of this segment, the scoop, what am I hearing? This was somebody that reached out to me just to say, hey, have you heard? Now, I've reached out to a number of people. Everybody I've reached out to has told me no. They have not heard that. But I can tell you Glenn Taylor is well aware of how upset a majority of the fan base is. I don't think it's the entire fan base. I'm sorry. I just don't think Twitter represents the entire sure. fan base. Yeah. I think there are a lot of fans that are happy. There are things to celebrate this so, season. I mean, they went to the playoffs. So, so would that, okay, let's go down that path and say that the Wolves move in that direction. Would Tibbs even accept that? Or are, are you talking about a complete divorce at that point? Because I think if you come back to him and say, we're going to strip you of your executive title and, and you're just going to coach, which by the way now means that you're going to have to work for somebody, there's a good chance that that dissolves the relationship completely. It could, although... Now with his new track record, does he get a job, snap of the fingers? If you are the Memphis Grizzlies, although I think my buddy JB is going to get that job full-time, but if you're the Memphis Grizzlies, for example, because technically right now they have a head coach opening, if you're the Phoenix Suns, if you're any number of franchises that have an opening, the Atlanta Hawks might have an opening here very, very quick because their coach may end up with Phoenix in a, in a transaction. So if you're one of these teams, are you hiring Tom Thibodeau? I mean, it, I don't see it. I'm sorry. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But you know, he. I can also see him though saying that I was hired to run this entire thing, and you're you're stripping me of that, and not necessarily giving it enough thought to think I can't get a secondary or. Well, yeah, I mean, job. he might bet on and, himself, but remember, the, he was not seeking out. And the that buyout's going to be really good if he does end up having to walk away. Sure. So yeah, he may. In the end, if it got to that point, and I'm not convinced it even gets to that point. If I had sure. to bet right now, Tom Thibodeau is here in some form, in October. But I do think he would bet on himself mm-hmm. and say, bleep you. But also, he did not pursue that title. People don't remember that. I mean, just two years ago, but he did not pursue the title of president of operations. He was very open-minded to just being a head coach. Yeah. But then the Wolves offer the title. How do you say no? Also a reminder, the Wolves, well, really Tibbs, first choice or general manager was Mike Zarin, the Celtics assistant GM. But he's a Boston guy. He wasn't coming here. Now, you know, Layden and Tibbs have a good relationship. I just wonder if there's anybody in that front office that can offer Tibbs strong resistance. I'm sure they have constructive conversations about, okay, why did we do this? Why didn't we offer J.J. Redick four years? Should we have done this instead of that? Hey, Gerald Green was here in September for a free agent workout. Look at what he's doing now. Think about his ability to space the floor. Now, Jamal Crawford is my guy. But guess what? Jamal needs the ball in his hands. You don't think a floor spacer would work well with Jimmy Butler, Jimmy penetrating, and finding a guy like Gerald Green who can just spot up and That's make three-pointers? I'm just saying, yeah. I think there are people that bring up those points in the front office to Tibbs, but does anybody really challenge Tibbs? That's the thing. I mean, like, and we let's get to some other topics here, but the Rockets add Gerald Green, just a complete complimentary know-your-role, stand-in-the-corner player at this point, but it fits perfectly because they don't need another ball-dominant guy. The Wolves bring in Derrick Rose. Like, go, Gerald Green would have been a better fit for this Wolves team than Derrick Rose. He wanted to come here, Phil. I mean, he did. I mean, after the Bucks let him go, he signed with the Bucks early in the season, they let him go. He was just sitting there. Trust me. There were conversations, more his camp initiating those conversations, saying, yeah. hey, Minnesota, you have an open roster spot. Do you want Gerald? And it never got to that point. Amazing. I still think we can go at Tibbs all we want. I still think the roster needs all sorts of work. Now, they are hamstrung. They'll have the mid-level exception to sign a decent free agent. But for the most part, 
They are handcuffed. Unless they can swing a trade like Borgie's contract or something. I bring up my buddy JB. He was on the podcast last week. You know, you think about JB was the interim coach of the Rockets just two years ago. This time two years ago. They were the eighth seed. They got beat by the Warriors. Since that sweep, the Rockets have only three guys remaining on their roster. James Harden, Clint Capella, and Trevor Ariza. Daryl Morey is a genius. Yeah, He stripped that thing down. Rebuilt it. I'm telling you, the Wolves roster needs all sorts of work. One other tentacle, Woj brought this up on SportsCenter last week, that the Wolves had all sorts of interest in Monty Williams, in addition to Tibbs. Maybe Tibbs was choice 1B, that Monty Williams might have been choice 1A, or maybe Tibbs was 1A, Monty was 1B. The issue with Monty was, just a couple months prior, he lost his wife. His wife died tragically. He wasn't in a position to take a head coaching job. Monty Williams is ready to be a head coach again. Hmm. Would you revisit that idea? You loved him two years ago. Yes. I mean, I love Fizdale. Mm-hmm. I love some other guys. But if I had to hire one coach today of the guys that are available, Monty Williams would be my hire. He's sitting there. Would Glenn Taylor revisit that possibility? Wild scoopage, sir, since there's a fighting chance that they're going to play uh, game five against the Jets on Friday night and then uh, be done for the season. Yes, so that means whether it's Sunday, I don't think it'll be Saturday, but whether it's Sunday, Monday, maybe as late as Tuesday, general manager Chuck Fletcher will sit down with owner Craig Leopold and attempt to sell Craig on why he should remain the general manager. Chuck Fletcher's contract is expiring here in a couple weeks. If you're Chuck, you will argue that, hey, Zach Parisi gets hurt mid-series. We didn't have Ryan Suter. Look at Jason Zucker's regular season. I mean, he'll cite all the things that you would think of. I can just tell you, though, in that locker room, there are multiple guys that think it's time for a change. When you look at the roster last year to this year, you know, you lose Eric Hala, You lose Alex Tuck. Now you're going to lose somebody to Vegas, but you end up losing Eric Hala in addition to Alex Tuck. To keep Dumba, yeah. You lose Scandella. You bring in Marcus Felino, who is overpaid. That was a terrible trade. You bring in Ennis. Who needs to be bought out? I don't see Tyler Ennis on this team next year, so he's a buyout candidate. Mm -hmm. So you made the roster worse Mm -hmm. this year. Now, Mm -hmm. kudos to Zucker, others, maybe getting better this year. But I'm just telling you, there's a feeling in that locker room from multiple guys that the roster was made worse this year by Chuck Fletcher. So I'm just telling you, there are people in that organization that really believe it is time for a change. Interesting. Uh, NFL draft is coming up very quickly here in just a week. So, what are what any Viking steam? Any steam on like Frank Ragnow has some first round draft steam right now, Minnesota kids. What are you hearing about uh, the NFL draft? Sure, I'll go former then latter on the Vikings. I continue to hear that they want to move backwards now. Whether that's from thirty, whether that's just moving back second round, you know, into the third or maybe using that third-round pick to move back. But they want to grab a couple extra picks. But I think they're very open-minded. Now, it takes two to tango. But if somebody wants to move up, for example, Mason Rudolph, the quarterback from Oklahoma State, the Vikings would gladly move from 30 to 36 to 39. There's enough depth when it comes to the interior of the offensive line that they know they'll get one of those guys or a tackle because Mike Remmers can always move inside. And they don't even have to go offensive line with that first pick. They could go defensive back. They could go a couple different directions. But certainly they'll grab an offensive lineman Mm -hmm. pretty darn high, maybe even with their first pick. But again, it takes two to tango. So the Vikings are open-minded to trading, but you need the the right situation to fall. If Rudolph goes pick 27, if the LSU running back, for example, one of these skill guys, isn't there at 30, well, then it looks like the Vikings will have to stay at 30. But I'm just telling you, they're very open-minded to moving back. On Ragnow. I am told he is working out privately today for Bill Belichick. 
He is separately working out privately for Dan Quinn. Mm-hmm. So the Patriots and the Falcons, plus front office members, will be in attendance as well. Yeah, our our good friend Tom Pelissero tweeted out, what, yesterday or the day before, that, that there's a lot of steam that Frank Ragnow will go in the first round. Yeah. I mean, he might. I mean, you know, he could go as high as the Bengals pick. The Panthers have done a ton of homework on Ragnow. I think the Panthers have done as much homework on Ragnow as just about anyone. He visited Buffalo. He visited here. I know the Packers have done a lot of homework on Ragnow. So, yeah, there's a lot of good steam on the former Chanhassen High School star. But, yeah, whether he goes pick 21 or pick 37, so he's a second-round pick, he will start for many, many years in the league. And then uh, last minute here, uh, go for anything Gopher is related. Gopher basketball, football, recruiting. What do you got for us? Well, on Gophers football, you know, you think about some of their NFL prospects. Uh, Steven Richardson had a private workout late last week with the Chicago Bears. The Steelers are showing some interest in Richardson. The Seahawks, the 49ers. I don't think he gets drafted, mm-hmm. but I think he'll be a priority free agent after the draft. Ryan Santoso, former Gophers punter has worked out for nine different teams, including the Lions, the Ravens, the Titans. Now, he's not going to get drafted, but he will be a priority. He was a kicker agent. originally, right? And yes, originally a kicker. He's got yeah. a heck of a leg. So, yeah, yeah I think he'll, he'll be a punter. Maybe. Yeah, or maybe a kickoff guy. But he's got a chance. Maybe it's practice squad, whatever. But Ryan Santoso has a chance to to play in the NFL. On basketball recruiting, I was over at De La Salle High School yesterday catching up with Tyrell Terry, De La Salle junior point guard. Richard Patino was in the gym along with new assistant Rob Jeter, on Tuesday, along with Iowa State, watching him work out, plus Gabe Kausher workout. Gabe helped work out Terry. And then later on on Tuesday, Patino had Terry call him over the phone. Patino made him a scholarship offer. So Tyrell Terry has a Gophers offer. He's up to nine offers. I'll tell you this much. It's still relatively early, although he'll make his mind up summertime. I mean, we're just a few months away from Terry making his, his final decision. I'll tell you this much. Right now, my impression is, that Stanford will be a tough beat. You think about Zeke Naji at Hopkins High School, who the Gophers want, junior. I think the Badgers will be a tough beat. You think about Matthew Hurt, Rochester John Marshall yeah. High School. He's had Penny Hardaway in town this week, the new Memphis coach. Wow. Steve Alford was in town this week. Penny Hardaway, that's amazing. Yeah, the UCLA coach. Man. Patino spent some time with Hurt. I mean, at this point, you have to bet that, that Matthew Hurt doesn't end up with the Gophers. So you look at the three best players in the Metro slash state in the class of 2019, Matthew Hurt, Tyrell Terry, Zeke Naji. If I had to bet right now, it can change. It's fluid. But if I had to bet right now, I'm not quite sure the Gophers get any of those guys. Right on. Doogie with his weekly scoop session with us. Find more of that in long form and in great long form interviews with the headliner guest, the Scoop Podcast, available 1500ESPN.com, KSTP.com, and uh, anywhere you would generally download podcasts. We'll see you, Doogie. Good stuff, man. Take it easy. Have a good one.